The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us again. This is Paul Wilson. And this is Chris Emke. You're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, this week at Duramax Tuner has been fucking nuts, huh, Chris? Dude, well, I mean, side note, I've been out of the office last week. You did the episode by yourself. Congrats, Chris. So, yeah. yeah. Congrats, Chris. Yeah. So Got married. Got married, had a had a, a family moon, you know. We have a two-year-old, so we went and took a little family vacation. So weird. Um, but yeah, not only was this a short week, right? A holiday weekend. Like it's it's been a shit show, dude. It's been yeah. a total shit show. Yeah, I think what's really started up for me is the L5P video that just dropped with me, Nick, and Gail Banks. Uh yeah, there's a couple other little side projects at the shop, but I would say the L5P is top of the bucket list, to say yeah. the least. Yeah, so Nick and I got to go out to California and actually visit Banks Power, get to meet Gail Banks, which was a phenomenal trip. Uh, We had a little teaser video come out on Duramax Tuner of what does two degrees of timing actually do, and then what does three degrees of timing actually do when you're changing it. And we got to do that with an L5P on the engine dyno. Guys, if you haven't listened to the midweek drop we did, uh, there is an episode that's currently out. It's the audio version. You can download it. It's just the audio of, of me and Gail and Nick uh, talking about the top end of the L5P. However, there's the video that's on Facebook and YouTube right now. You can see everything that we're talking about. I mean, I'll say, you know, we see a bunch of trucks at the shop, right? And without getting too in-depth, Nick came back from California like a kid in a candy store. Like, <laughs> not saying that he's not excited. I mean, he lives and breathes this, right? Like, this right. is his passion. But it gets tough. I mean, seeing the same stuff every day, you're not, like, super, like, oh, my God. Like, right. know, super giddy. And it, uh, After a while, it's hard to find something new. And, dude, he came back from Banks. There was a fire under his butt. Like, dude, he, like, <laughs> true passion, relit. Like, it was really, really cool to see. Yeah. If you haven't checked out the video, definitely take some time to take a look at that. Uh, it has been really interesting at Duramax Tuner talking to all the guys on the L5. L5P stuff. Guys, if you have an L5P, you can jump on DuramaxTuner.com, click on L5P waitlist on the left-hand side, and that'll let you sign up so that you'll be on the waitlist. You'll get all of the info we have about L5P trucks as they come. Um, it, it's it's out there on Facebook, so I guess we can talk about it I on the podcast. I guess we can, dude. I'm excited to even talk about this. Nick, Nick did purchase an L5P with a standalone ECU from Gale Banks. Uh, I'm really he doesn't know what he's going to fucking do with it. No. I think we brought that up when we had him on I the mean, other week. Yeah, I love bringing this stuff up to Nick. Like, man, this is the first time in the history of us being here that we don't have a donor vehicle for an engine. Right. Usually right. we have a rolling All, shell for a motor. Always the other right. way. Always. So, you know, who's to say, you know, there's a ton of potential here. I, I'm really screaming classic Maybe Nick will just one. invest into an engine dyno. <laughs> Maybe. This will be it. This will I doubt be it. it. But honestly, there's going to be a cool project one way or another. You know, yeah. you know something's going to happen. And you know, we're going to get two two of the show sponsors involved when we do do that. You know that we're going to get Exergy involved. I don't know that we'll go with their sportsman injectors, although they are awesome and right. uh, a great level one upgrade. I got a feeling as we get into those injectors, we'll be looking to go big and go Absolutely. bad. Uh, and then you know if we do anything with piping or with air, of course, we're going to bring in WC Fab. They've Both already... Jason's already done some stuff. He's already had a test, uh, an engine, a... a, yeah. a, a, a whatever you want to call it. Just a show uh, engine. A show yeah. engine. And he's already fabbed up some pretty cool stuff. He already has some intercooler piping. He already has some intakes on the market. But like twin turbo kits, like he already has something. Yeah. He's already got it. He's ready. He's, he, he is, is fucking ready. ready. Um, so that'll be really interesting. Of course, 
Uh, Exergy and WC Fab both sponsor the show along with Alligator Performance. If you're looking for any of those products, uh, check those guys out. They're huge, huge uh, resources that you can use as well. Hey, they make our jobs easier on the day-to-day, right? You said it, man. You said it. Uh, Chris, for today, I'm pretty excited. We got a little bit different of a one. We usually have on the owner of the truck, but today we have on Rob Hartman. Rob, how the hell are you? I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys having me on here. Yeah. I appreciate you wanting to be on here, man. (laughs) Not a problem. You know, (laughs) Rob, you actually worked on building this build, which is, what year Hummer is it? It's a 2003. 2003 Hummer with an LBZ driveline. Shit. Yeah. Fucking sweet, right? Damn. Yeah. So, yeah, so a, go ahead, Rob. Oh, it was it was a lot of fun. He actually wanted to do a Cummins, but something Hell like yeah. that. I I had to stick with the Duramax on it. Well played, well played. Feed into that. <laughs> um, okay, so so what's really cool here is that Rob has had the ability to kind of get involved uh, from a passion point, kind of grow it into something that's that's getting to be really exciting and getting to work on some larger builds. I thought what was really cool is he reached out to me on Facebook. Listeners, you as well. If you got a cool project you've worked on, a cool project that you own, shoot us a message on Facebook. Yeah. We'd love to talk about it, uh, see if it's something that we can turn into a show like today's. Uh, but, Rob, before we get too far into it, I ask everybody, what got you started in diesel performance? Um, man, before I was even in high school, I think I, I rode in a VP44 truck with the Stack chips and everything else they do to them, you know. <laughs> yeah, cut from the, the same cloth. With the stock, <laughs> yeah, with, with the stock HX35, you know, 2500 EGTs. Um, but I don't know, riding in that truck, I, I was hooked from then on. So went to school for it after I got out of high school to be a mechanic, and it's just grown from there. So. I think that's such a great point. You know, it, it seems like everybody I asked that question to, there was this one memorable truck that happened at a young age that was just a lot of stupid fun. And that seems to be what really spreads that diesel bug. I mean, that's what got me into it was a VP44 with stacked chips on an HX35 stock turbo. <laughs> so I'm I don't right, know what I'm right it there is with you. about that smoky truck. Yeah. It, there's something about a VP44 truck that just gives you a little bit of a chubby and makes you want more, man. I don't give a fuck what you say. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that should be on a T-shirt. Well, that's the end. That's the quote for the day right there. <laughs> it would sell if you made a T-shirt like that. Oh, man. I love it. Okay, okay, Rob. Walk me through. So this guy comes to you. He's like, did he have the truck or did he have the engine when he came to well, you? He actually had a Cummins engine already for it, um, but it was a it was a 2003 Hummer, and it's an actual H1, so it's not the military version. It's a little more complicated. Um, and he had a blown head gasket in the 6.5, and so he brought it in. and was just asking me, you know, what can we do to get a little more power out of the 6.5 when we go back together fixing it? Um, so we we started talking about it and talking to a couple of people like Heath and. Some of those people that are really good on the 6.5, but, man, I just wasn't getting excited about the 6.5. I had to start out with something a little more, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a little bit more potential. Right. So we, we, we got to talking. I eventually tore it apart, and um, the head gasket had been blown for so long. There was rust in the cylinder, and we eventually just we pulled it out. Um, we were going to send it off and get it rebuilt or do something with it. We weren't sure yet. Um, and I had seen someone do a Duramax swap in one. 
So I called him up and I said, I got this crazy idea and it's going to cost you probably 20 more thousand than what you're expecting with the Cummins swap. <laughs> so, cause he did, he had a Cummins sitting on the, on the shelf. He said, if the six five's bad, then we'll put the Cummins in it. Was it like a 12 and, valve, like pretty much no electronics? Well, yeah, it was a, it was an old 12 valve out of a bread truck with okay. an Allison behind it. Standard. So, yeah, it would have it would have been a pretty straightforward. And looking back, that's probably the route I should have gone. <laughs> <laughs> Halfway through the project, um, you're like, "Man, I took on more than I can right. chew in this," you know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've done pretty big projects before, but man, every time going into one, there's no way to even plan for for what you're going to run into. Nope, that's but, true. Yeah, I, I got on Craigslist and I found a, a 2006 LBZ with 160,000 miles, and it was wrecked for five grand. Um, and he had everything there, so I, I told him let's just let's go look at it. And he he started getting excited about watching videos and stuff LBZs because he's he's never owned a LBZ or a Hummer. So <laughs> why not why not just smash those two yeah. wants into one? Right. I love it. Right. Hey man, <laughs> yeah. Two milestones, one like, shot. Yeah, with with a nice Hummer, I mean, you might as well you might as well stick to an electronic engine, keep yeah. everything, you know, 2003 rather than putting an old motor back into it. So. So we always ask this when we talk about projects, even take a conversion out of the equation, just a motor build, you know. Um, what was the initial uh, time frame that you guys had for a project like this, and then what was the reality as far as completion goes? Um, I, I actually told him, he was asking me that, and I told him I'd never done a, you know, worked on a Hummer, period. So pretty much is going to have to be an open checkbook, and you know, if I was going to do it. And he agreed. He, so I, I told him, between 100 and 200 hours labor. <laughs> right. Holy shit. So, yeah, I ended up being right at 130. So. Wow. And then yeah. did it take you like three months to get that done or like six months to get that done or? No. Well, yeah, it was about three months. Okay. Yeah, from start that's to not finish. bad. Not at all. Not at all. That's, no, that's like especially, record time. Especially you, you work full time, right? Like Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I wasn't I wasn't working full time at that point. I got so excited, you know, I wanted to spend every waking moment on it. So <laughs> I took off some time and and got it done. But yeah, we we took the transmission out and had it built. It does have Allison six speed in it, and then it has the GM uh, two sixty one transfer case. So okay. it does have part time two wheel drive. Nice and. Uh, yeah, we did sixty uh, percent injectors and sixty-eight millimeter turbo. Wow! Um, the worst thing about these Hummers is there's no room in the front when you go to an intercooled motor because the six-five wasn't intercooled. Right. So how did um, you how did you retrofit you know an intercooler and the piping and all that then? Um, well, we had to start out with a three-inch um, body lift. Okay. To add the extra coolers in the front. And the the six five actually has an engine oil cooler mounted in the front, so right. it's not it's not coolant cooled. It's actually air cooled oil. Um, and I use that for the transmission cooler since the Duramax the cooler is built on the side of the motor. Right. Um, so that took care of that. We used the original AC condenser, and then with the uh, three inch body lift, we had just enough room to get one custom made. And, jammed it in there <laughs> oh so so it's actually perpendicular to the ground smashed in the front no it's 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 on top of everything it's it's okay. at that 45 degree angle with the rest yeah. of the stuff oh, wow. um and actually we ran out of room on the top so when we when you know i could only put two inch intercooler piping 
on the front of the intercooler because there was no room. Oh. So if we would have to start back at the beginning and completely refigure it <laughs> to try to get anything bigger. But we left it there for now. Down the road, we'll probably do something. But Yeah. What a cool project, yeah. man. So yeah. so 60s and a 68 mil, like a Danville Charger or something, I take it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's actually the one from SDP. Gotcha. So, okay. Okay. And, yeah, then and then how big of a CP3 pump, or did you do duals on it? No, we actually <coughs> left a stock CP3 um, and then just put a lift pump. I, you know, looking back, there's there's little stuff that we should have changed, and we can always do it down the road, but... Um, we pushed it to the limit. It actually has, you know, the independent suspension in the back and CV axles and gear reduction hubs and all that, but it's, it's still made 590 to the wheels. So. Jeez. Hell yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's on 40-inch tires, too. So. <laughs> what, what does he do with this thing? Um, well, nothing, really. It was, it was just toy, so now it's just a bigger toy. That's all it is, yeah. It, it's got a hitch on the back, and he tows trailers and stuff with it, so... That's wow. fucking awesome. That's nuts. Yeah, I love it. it. It's after after building it, I I gotta have one. I'd, <laughs> I don't know. I've been trying to figure out how to stuff twin turbos under it. I don't know if it's possible. One of the turbos would have to be underneath the truck. But oh yeah, just about yeah. I'd like to try one day. Hell, yeah. forty inch tires. You got all the clearance underneath there, so go for it, right? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you hang it somewhere. No, man. I mean, he sent me pictures of this thing. It is fucking clean. Yeah? Like, really fucking clean. Did he? Did you do any interior work, or did he bring it to you looking that good? No, the interior, um, it looked that good. That, I mean, it's got power seats and leather and navigation and all that from the factory. So that's yeah. 2001 Hummer. I mean, they're pretty nice on the inside. They're not like the old Humvees that... Well, that's where my experience was at. So we had Blair Outland of uh, XI Diesel ship us up a a Humvee, like military spec with all the armor plating off. So it weighed like, I don't know, 4,000 pounds. And then straight up jump seats, like the most basic, uncomfortable shit on earth. And uh, he stuffed an LBZ into it with an Allison. And, I mean, the thing was stupid fun. It was on the same tires that's on the Apache. Yeah, the like first identical. time they're out this way, there used to be a couple of, like, uh, old, like, you know, beef sandwich place, hot dog places that would do cruise nights. Yeah. And uh, years ago, the first time I ever met Paul, I was at this one cruise night, and I run into this Hummer, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Pop the hood. I was like, that is the coolest thing, you Fucking know? Diesel. Yeah. I mean, think about it. No one else has that. Like, maybe a couple people across the country have this. Like, you built a, a, a vehicle for a customer that is a complete one-off. Like, yeah. he goes anywhere. Right. He's getting looks. He's getting attention. Right. Yeah. The, the only bad part about that is when he breaks down across the country. <laughs> yeah. Tell so him to swing yeah, into GM. No. They got gotcha. you. I need a two-inch yeah. intercooler pipe for right. my 45-degree-angled intercooler. Uh, what do you got for me? Yeah. <laughs> I literally can just see the parts guy at the dealership just sitting head. there like, what's an intercooler? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. That wouldn't happen. I love it. Now, when did you complete this build? Oh, beginning of this year. Oh, very cool. So well, he's had yeah, some miles it on it. Long ago. He's gotten some yeah, miles on actually, it. Yeah, actually, about a week after I finished it, um, I, he lives in, down in, um, I guess, middle Kentucky there. And he, after it was done, I, I just put a bass tune in it to where I could drive it around, make sure it was all good to go, because who knows what can go wrong when you have a motor It's you know, you don't know the story on. Well, of and, course. So I, I drove it around for about a week. 
and then took it down to him after I was done. We were going to have Danville tune it. He he put it right on the interstate and drove it four hours one way to have it tuned and drove it back and didn't have a problem. So that's faith, man. man. That's that's somebody who has a lot of faith yeah. in their heart. That is. <laughs> I know. Whew. Either that or didn't know the backstory. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's probably that's probably more like it. <laughs> Doesn't know enough to be scared yeah, of what you know, he's doing. Like, yet. I know, like he that. gets the truck, yeah. he sources everything. He's been around this so long, you know. It's like, uh, you know, second guessing at him. What's yeah. he know? Yeah, run it. it. No, yeah, he didn't know who he had working on it. Or he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So as as you got into this, obviously, it sounds like intercooler placement was a lot of fun. What other challenges did you run into along the way? Um. Probably the actually finding where the engine was going to sit. I mean, I had to move that thing around so many times because the engine sits so far back and the front differential is actually in the middle. You know, on GM trucks, off to the left. Right. So trying to get the drive shaft from the transfer case up to the center was definitely the hardest part about it. Um, it, it does have a carrier bearing because that it's so long, but you can have only have so much of an angle on that U-joint in the middle there. So had to slide the motor all the way to the right and then the transfer case is about a quarter of an inch from the frame on the left. So the whole thing's sitting in there at an angle. It's it's goofy looking, but it works. So Yeah, does that throw off ride quality at all? Are you like slanted on your weight left to right? No, no. I think the center mass is still pretty centered. Um, but it's just it's just sitting in there at a pretty good angle. So gotcha. hmm. Yeah, that is goofy. That is, I, I have seen them too, to where you know it's not, like you like we said before. There's no kit you can buy. No. Like, oh, just put this in and right. it'll put it where you need it. You're kind of a lot of give right. and take on shit yeah. like that. Were, now, were you mocking up motor mounts, looking at it, and then have to break those motor mounts and weld new ones, or like? Yeah, yep, just tack welding them. And yeah, I had the had the spot bolted on the engine and the. And we could move it around some with the, just the hoist and stuff, but for the most part, we had to tack it in there. So, And even with the engine moved over as far as I could get it, the drive shaft is about, I don't know, probably an eighth of an inch away from the side of the transmission. Wow. So it's tight. It's, yeah. Some tight fitment there, yeah. to say the least. Yeah. So we're – go ahead. A lot of the stuff on it went a lot easier than I thought. With it being, I mean, I guess kind of a GM. There was, I don't know if you call it a GM truck. There's more Ford parts on it than anything. But with <laughs> it having a six five, um, like stuff like the AC compressor off the old engine, they all it all bolted right up. So the AC is just the original wiring, original controls, some stuff like that oh. went way easier than I thought. So. Well, that's what I was just going to ask about. How did the wiring go? Like, wh- what did you do as far as that's concerned? Does he still have factory gauges? Well, no, a couple of them are factory. And then the actual center is a CTS-2, which has got everything he needs. And that's actually, I made a molding around the center, and it just took the spot of the two middle gauges. And then on the outside, he's still got his original fuel level and voltage. And um, there's one other one. I can't think of it right now. But... So it it looks pretty original on the inside, except for just the just the CPS two in the middle. That's so cool. So pretty much the whole engine. <laughs> I I just wired it up to run standalone, and then um, just wired in the cruise and stuff like that. The LBZ is pretty pretty straightforward when it comes to that. So gotcha. 
Gotcha. That's really interesting. I mean, I guess you really like, we always talk about wiring being such a nightmare, but if you simplify what your goal is and say like, okay, well, this is the easiest way to make it all work, you know, you can really kind of smooth out a lot of that process. I mean, Mm -hmm. as far as the customer goes, I mean, you literally took a truck, you repowered it three times what it was originally, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think it was – those six fives have like 190 horsepower yeah. at the crank or something Ooh. pathetic like that. Okay, so four times. Okay, four <laughs> times. Yeah, yeah, yeah is, really. That's about right. That's insane. Now, is he is he happy with it? Is he talking about maybe doing more? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, he, well, he we keep talking. He's got a couple other projects that I've worked on him on um, just random stuff for him. Um, and we're always messing with something. It's probably just a matter of time before we work our way back to the Hummer. And I don't know, we'll probably go. The only thing is, with the going a bigger injection pump, I know we're going to push it harder. And right now, with the power level it's at, we're pushing the bottom end to the limit already. So, Well, you know, we've always had discussions here about where is, like, the limit of the bottom end at an LBZ. And I'm I'm always the one who says, you know, push it push it until it breaks like like i'm higher on my estimates of where that where that ceiling is however once you throw those big ass heavy ass rims and tires into it i start bringing down that limit right so like usually yeah. i tell guys your lbz 750 horsepower run it till it breaks it's gonna break mm-hmm. like it, it's gonna break but i don't know how long you might get a couple of years out of heavy abuse as you throw 40 yeah. inch tires and you, you know, stupid shit, IED run flats, and, and, you know, you have somebody who's maybe a little bit more new to, like, this type of a setup, I would start getting worried as well about how far do we take it. Right. However, yeah. you could throw a 10 mil pump in there, let them have 700 horsepower capable for a dyno run, and then just not let them drive on tune five. Like, you could lock it out of the switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Who does that? I I've thought about that. You know, I, I lay awake at night worrying about having to take the motor back out of that thing. <laughs> that, there's no way to get it apart unless you take the cab off. And that that's a, a at least a full-day job. So, it, it's yeah, it's not going to be fun. But if we do have to do it, I'm sure we'll go completely built bottom end. And we'll put probably a 72-millimeter and 12-millimeter pump. We've already talked about it. We. I mean, both of us are prepared (laughs) mentally for it, so. I love it. I love it. There's probably a few recommendations we would make on that turbo setup, Chris. If you were designing a Hummer, H1 Hummer, with 40-inch tires for a toy LBZ, what turbo would you run with I would not go bigger. I'd go smaller. You know, honestly, really? I would. Yeah, I mean, you want something that's going to respond quick. You want to make, you want to make as much power and torque as low as possible, and have a broader window of of power through the RPM range. You know what I mean? Right. So, okay. I know it's tough on your end because you couldn't do compounds. I mean, compounds is always going to be the route to go, depending on the power level, right? True. Mm-hmm. The turbo that he has is, you know, one of the better options to go with when we're talking peak power, but we're not even at the potential of the turbocharger as it is. Right. So, I mean, I don't know, man, I, I hate to right. say it, but the guys over at Duramax Tuner, you do have the Stealth, they do have a 64, it's a VVT, uh, drives very similar to stock, spools up very similar to stock. Now you right. have something that's going to come into the power range at an earlier RPM, and then you can finagle a compound setup into it, and then, you know... Built motor, yeah. whatever, seven, eight, nine hundred. I mean, thousand horse if Sky's you want. the limit. You know, so I mean, the, the, yeah. the you're having uh, nightmares about having to pull the motor. I would not want to be the one to fab a compound kit. I would, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, right? 
hey, yeah. uh, hey, uh, Jason Worley, I just need you to fab a twin turbo kit for this Hummer. Yeah, right. Hummer. And him just hang up yeah. on you like yeah. click. Um, yeah. And a bigger intercooler. Right. Fit yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's def- that would be a start for sure. I yeah. would say I I don't know, man. If you're gonna throw a pump in it and you want more power out of it, like I'm I'm definitely with Chris on the '64. I love those fucking chargers. Mm-hmm. They really do drive awesome. But if you got a guy who has a toy. And it's not like a daily driver. He may not care as much about that spool up. I personally would not do a 72. Um, I don't okay. like the way they drive. That's just that's my wholeheartedly just my opinion. I think they work great in a couple of like you can get away with it kind of situations. But as far as a, okay. as far as something that like I would enjoy jumping into, I would probably instead of a 72, maybe push them at like the SXE 369. Yeah. Allegedly okay. spools up really fast. Uh, that's the new uh, Borg Warner charger that's yeah, out that's, that's really true. hot these days. S three hundred install. I assume it'll fit. <laughs> I mean, I think you're in a crapshoot. I mean, again, yeah. here you yeah. have modified pipes. You know, all the intercooler pipes that they do, the downpipe, everything. I mean, there's a lot of change in it. Yeah, for there's sure. There's no cookie cutter way of doing this. Like, you, uh, you could do right. a drop in replacement, which is what he already has that he knows works. Right. And that's the s- simplistic way of going about it. But you start getting into those elaborate t- turbo kits, man. <laughs> Hey, I'll let you yeah. do it, Paul. I want to <laughs> The only the uh, we actually it it has a three inch body left on it, which a lot of people do because it, it just helps them stay cooler. It helps airflow <coughs> move across the engine easier on those Hummers. You probably had to do um, it just to clear the motor. Well, I had to actually add a couple of washers to make it like a three and a quarter to a three and a half body lift just to clear the turbo where right. it hits the top of the firewall there because I've got some wiring harnesses that. You know, I wrapped and heat wrap and put them over top of that little heat shield on the turbo. So that would be one thing to run into on a on a, a fixed vein. But, yeah. man, I would love to do a fixed vein on it. Yeah. There that always seems to be a big pull in the market for, for non-VGTs. Let me ask you, Rob, what, which way do you lean when you look at getting a customer a turbocharger? Do you like the, the variable vein stuff, or do you prefer to get them into something that's a non-VGT? Um, man, I... It all depends on what they want. I don't know. Some some people that are used to driving a stock truck, and then when you start changing things, and it doesn't quite drive like a stock truck, they always think something's wrong, and it just makes them paranoid. So it <laughs> depends. True. It depends on the customer. I will tell you, you know, having having a Hummer, right? It's already unique. Like you hear that Hummer with a Duramax in it, you're already thrown off guard, and then throw a fixed vein mm-hmm. charger into the mix. That is the most unique thing that you could possibly, you know, hear. Yeah. Honestly, Duramaxes yeah. with fixed vein S3, S400 kits are definitely uh, unique in, in their own. No, for sure. They got a nasty sound to them. I, yeah. I like the variable vein stuff myself. Uh, I like technology. Yeah, me too. And variable vein yeah. supports the concept that you could take a turbo and make it better by adjusting how it works. Like if you know how a VGT works, you usually, most guys are really into them. Uh, the guys who usually hate VGTs are guys who have dealt with a lot of stock stuff and EGR problems. Right. And they they, to they fuck up. Right. And the first time they fuck up, they're like, that's it. Fuck all variable veins. That to me kind of yeah. feels like break your finger, cut off your hand. <laughs> like, the, you know. Yeah. It, it, that was aggressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It does sound wicked with it, with it whistling like that when it starts to spool. But yeah, that definitely catches people off guard when they're beside it. Some of the looks we get when we're driving it around are pretty hysterical. (laughs) All right, so this thing's been on the dyno. This thing's towed stuff. Uh, Has he gotten to the drag strip yet? Do we have any times? No, 
that's that's the next thing we're wanting to do. Um, it's got the original 10,000-pound um, axles in the back, and we're wanting to upgrade those before we do a boosted launch. It's never actually done a boosted full-drive launch. Um, I do know it will spin the tires if you just punch it from a standstill, but being on the track, I have a feeling it's going to snap those pretty quick. So. Yeah. I mean, it's only turning 40s. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. By 15 wide, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fucking track. Yeah, right. that's, that's no longer Those a tire. Tires. Oh, yeah, I love it. I pass it. him on the interstate sometime, and before I realize who it is, I mean, it, it just looks wicked. I mean, they stick out like six inches on both sides, almost. So, just seeing it going down the road when you come up over the hill, you have to you have to look twice to even see what you're looking at. But yeah, and then to hear it and it take off, and it's you know it'll keep up with the tuned Duramax. It's pretty wild. I love that. Uh, if you could go back and do this build all over again from scratch, what would you do differently? I probably would have built the motor the first time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're just thinking of the work you have to do the second time, so come on. Right, right. But was there anything yeah, that you – is there anything you did as far as, like, the wiring harness, you know, just any of it that you wish you were – what would you change the second go-around if you did it again? Um, man, I, I probably would have spent more time on it. I wouldn't have crammed it all into just three months. You know, I, I know it's a long time, but there is so much to do. So everything was, while I was finishing it, I was already on to the next step, you know, and I, I spent a lot of time. I really, I did not want it to break down because I didn't ever want to pull the cab off again. But right. a bunch of little stuff, like like the fuel tank was mounted to the cab um, originally, but it sits beside the frame rail. So to make the drive shaft go through a little indention in it, I had to make a new bracket for the um, fuel tank. Just stuff like that. I welded up and fabricated it, you know, and I would have liked to spend a whole lot more time on that stuff. Just, you know, make it a piece of artwork rather than just a, a Duramax swap. So. I mean, it was your first go-round, too. You know, you always, you know, improve on the second or third time if, if you end up getting into Function those. over form. Yeah. It's got to fucking yeah. work, yeah. right? And yeah. then you can make yeah. it look He pretty. proved the concept, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Love that. I actually, I have probably two more to do in the spring, just someone that saw it um, and, and just had to have it. So, and he's actually, he wants to do Cummins, so I still have to try to talk him out of that, but we'll, we'll see how those go. <laughs> Sounds like a great idea. I mean, the Cummins, you could make it just as complicated, just put a common rail in it. Yeah, Like Cummins, right, yeah. Cummins well, comes in all flavors. He's already got 12 valves sitting there, so. Oh, yeah. That's not fun. I mean, the 12-valve, yeah. the like I was talking about it with uh, Ronnie Wetch from C10 Talk, or, yeah, C10 Talk, right? Yeah. Um, if you want a budget build... And you're doing a swap, the 12 valves a no brainer. Mm -hmm. If you have yeah. an old truck where, like, they didn't have shit for gauges anyways, 12 valves a no brainer. If you have something right. nice and flashy and you, you want it to be a, a standout show quality vehicle, why would you put a fucking charcoal burning, like, like wood stove in it? Like, that, that's how I think <laughs> yeah. of, like, that your, your 12 valve is, is wrongly used. Uh, rat rods. Loved seeing yeah. twelve valves in them. Like welder up, um, yeah. all the shit they do with the twelve valves, they they do it right. It fits that oh, build. Yeah. Yep. When you got an H one, you didn't buy that for any practical reason. You bought it to be a badass. And they're expensive as shit. Yeah, they're yeah. they're not cheap. 
Why? Yeah, that's, yeah that's, that that was my whole deal. I, I could not put a 12 valve in it. I just it hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm going to buy a 12 valve this weekend just to spite you, Paul. Fuck you. Dude, <laughs> It'll be it. slow and a piece of shit. Nobody cares. <laughs> I care. <laughs> You gonna put forces on it too? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get a oh, rear great. sticker that says wood burner just for you. <laughs> Man. Yeah, leave it, leave it rusted out, and put the forces on it, and do the whole twelve valve just to, just to <laughs> what they're known for. Sorry about your forces, well. bro. <laughs> I mean, there no, are there are twelve valve trucks that I love out there, right? Like the the trucks. high horsepower stuff. The the the, the times when guys oh, yeah. do them right. Or like when we talked to Tyler Kipp and he said, yeah. well, I've been through five engines, built them, made a thousand horsepower with all of them. They were five grand a piece. That's fucking yeah. appealing. Yep. That is fucking yeah. appealing. And um, he, he rebuilt them all for what I, I remember listening to that one. They were like three or four thousand a piece yeah. to rebuild it. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's awesome. And the stuff Welder Up does is crazy. It I mean, is. that's. Yeah, he knows what he's doing, and that that is the perfect engine for him. Right, that stuff is wicked looking. Yeah, but when like yeah. I had a guy the other day, we posted up uh, the Duraburb episode with yeah. Eric Swanson, and he's like, "Oh man, you're going to be broke down all the time putting Duramaxes in them." I'm like, "Like guy, I get there's brand loyalty out there. I have some brand loyalty yeah, too. You do, I yeah, right. But but you have to be realistic. Like there there is an application for, for a Duramax and a swap, and like even the guys that. Diesel conversion specialists don't really do Duramax swaps. I mean, you go right? flip through diesel magazines. There are guys that have old body style Fords that put six liters into them. Now, Ugh. everyone and anyone in the industry Ugh. will sit there and be like, oh, six O's, that's the motor that's going to get bashed. But like you said, there's a place for it. But, and yeah, there yeah. is a place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Fair enough. Somebody else's yeah. truck. That place. <laughs> <laughs> their money, their place. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. Both oh, fine. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. So yeah. what do we see in the future for you? Uh, we, we got a potential couple more swaps coming up. What else are you working on? Um, well, my, I've been looking for a, a short bed for my little LBZ, just a two-wheel drive, single-cab long bed. And I'd like to do a it's, – it's stock bottom end right now, but eventually I'd like to do a, a back half and put it as low on the ground as I can, put a short bed just to cruise around in. So that's, that's probably the next project. I fucking um, love it. Starting on, yeah. Chris yeah. and I are going to be featuring a regular cab short bed very soon on the show. Man, I don't want to even bring that up. We'll be just doing yet. a video on it Man, too. We're gonna do a vlog. Oh yeah, we're log. gonna vlog it out. Log. Uh, yeah, no, for real. They won't, won't have the L the L five P in it, will it? It will not. <laughs> no, not. this is an established. Bummer. Yeah, this is an established truck. A very good friend of ours. Uh, we do a lot of business with. Uh, I don't want to say too much. I don't. Yeah, want to yeah, it. yeah. We don't want to give it away yet because we do still got. It. Yeah. Are we gonna do that next week? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna text them. We're gonna get that and here, next. Here's week. how Chris and I plan for episodes in the future, listeners. We talk while you listen. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, we get off the mic and we plan next week, and then we forget about it until Thursday of next week. And then we're like, Hey, were we gonna do this? Yeah. Man, I don't remember. Paul, we talked about this. <laughs> yeah. Behind the scenes at Diesel Performance yeah. Podcast. Um. No, I, I love those regular cab short pads, man. They're like probably my all-time favorite, like way to really fully tweak a truck. Two-wheel drive or four-wheel drive? Yeah. Man, you know, 
you know I love those four-wheel drive boosted launches, but there's nothing quite like being totally fucking reckless on the road, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's what two-wheel drive is for. So is your truck right. a two-wheel or a four-wheel drive that you're short by the conversioning? It is a two-wheel drive. Man, I knew I liked yeah. you, man. <laughs> hey, all my trucks I've ever owned that I've built were all two-wheel drives. We live in northern yeah. Illinois. That's so I don't drive fucking them in the winter. impractical. I don't drive them in the winter. They sit in my it's dad's shop. so fucking impractical. When yeah. I bought my 07 I, Cummins and I brought it to the shop, I was telling Nick about it, and he's like, what did you buy? Brought it home. Brought it to the shop. He's like, "What are you fucking serious? Two wheel drive, man." You're you're the guy who buys basketball shoes and leaves them in the closet because he doesn't want to get them scuffed. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Trying to get my money's worth. Yeah, it takes all types. <laughs> you said it best. I yeah. love it. I actually I have a, a transfer case and the, the four wheel drive, not the transfer case, the front differential and the the. Uh, drive shafts and everything to swap my truck over to four-wheel drive but someone i think just convinced me today i've been going back and forth trying to figure out leave it two-wheel drive or four-wheel drive and i think someone convinced me today to leave it two-wheel drive so i'm pretty stoked about he it. wants to be fucking reckless on the street back half it yeah. four link it better than any four-wheel drive setup uh, yeah. there there it's rowdy it's all the all the power going to two wheels so like as you add horsepower the truck just becomes yeah, but when you have a four link and it does its business, it then, does, dude. It's done. Like it, it, it hooks and, and goes. It goes. Yeah, if you got the four link on there and you can harness the power, it will hook and go. If you launch, you have to get used to it, right? Because it is different than yeah. launching a boosted yeah, yeah. four wheel drive truck. Sure. Like, okay. you probably don't need as much skill to do a boosted launch in a four wheel drive truck and hook up and go. To all you guys with four wheel yeah. drive that launch your trucks, you have a lot of skill. You, Paul's you, not under. You, listen, you. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying. <laughs> If you were to then do it in two-wheel drive with the same amount of power, it's an art. It, there is more to it, it's an right? Art. But they're fun. I mean, it, you, you can yeah. slide in sideways everywhere. So who gives a shit? Yeah. That's 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 the plan. That's, I might even put stock wheels and tires back on it and see if I can't break them loose going 70 down the interstate. So. Hey, it takes about <laughs> 700 horsepower, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, it shouldn't be long. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, very cool. Rob, it's been such a pleasure talking with you today. Uh, if you were to give any advice about doing a swap out there to our listeners, what piece of advice would you give them? Um, just just set yourself out some time. Just make sure you have time to do it and do it right the first time. Um, and I, if anyone is just concerned about maybe not having the skill or whatever, there's people out there, all the people in the diesel industry have been extremely supportive and helpful to me. So, I mean, I started these bigger jobs. I've never said no to a job, so I've done a lot more jobs than I've had the, the know-how on. And just, <laughs> just call people and just, just dig into it and start it. It's a blast. That's awesome, man. That's some good advice from a, a true enthusiast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you guys. Not a problem. This has been Paul Wilson. And this has been... Chris Emke. <laughs> You've listened to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Don't forget to, forget to like and share. Check out our YouTube channel and leave those comments. Thanks a lot for listening. Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTuner.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. 
calibrated power develops emissions-equipped calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out calibratedpower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. If you'd like to contact the Diesel Performance Podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email paul at duramaxtuner.com or chris at c-e-h-m-k-e at duramaxtuner.com. You could also reach him by phone. Chris's extension is 2121. Paul's is 2122. Something about a VP44 truck that just gives you a little bit of a chubby and makes you want more, man. I don't give a fuck what you say. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, that should be on a T-shirt. Well, that's the end. That's the quote for the day right there. <laughs> it would sell if you made a T-shirt like that. Like, it would sell.